0: Many of my curious colleagues who have been following over the past few years know that I've been trying to kind of ratchet up my health and wellness habits to feel better and stronger after successful chemo. And one of those habits I'm working on is drinking more water. And this is where Liquid IV comes in. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and it's their hydration multiplier That's the one product you're missing in your daily routine. What's nice about it, it's just this one stick, and in it you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And get this, it's two times faster hydration than water alone. So you could use it first thing in the morning, maybe before a workout, or when you're feeling run down. One of the things I love most about it Is its efficiency. If anyone has seen me, I'm typically surrounded by one to two glasses of water or a big old jug of water that I sometimes forget to bring to work. And what's nice is liquid IV is efficient. And the flavor that's working for me right now is their wild berry. But there's a couple new ones that are out as well that you gotta try. Two times faster and, like I said, more efficiently than water alone. And it's three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to go ahead, treat yourself to 20% off and use code MyCuriousColleague at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code MyCuriousColleague. And don't forget to use the special link in my show notes. Today, my guests, yes, that's plural, guests are my colleagues, John Cox and Richard Wakianda both from the Wellness Pet Company. John is Senior Manager, Consumer Affairs Marketing at the Wellness Pet Company and has been leading that function for the past 10 years. He was elected to the SOCAP National Board in 2018, then in 2020, was elected to serve as the Chair Elect, and now... As current chair, he is dedicated to keeping SOCAP at the forefront of professional development associations for the consumer experience industry. Richard is a senior corporate food safety and quality assurance manager. He has 20 years of experience in both the human and animal food, and Richard is the recall coordinator, among other things that he does, for managing product recalls. So, obviously, he works very closely with the consumer affairs teams, which really gives him that invaluable insight to best practices for managing recalls or handling complaints. So, hello, Richard, and welcome back to the podcast, John. Thank you for having me. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me back. Looking forward to today's discussion. Perfect. Perfect.
0: My curious colleagues, you may remember John. From podcast episode number thirty-five, uh called Recall One O One of Sorts. And it was really there during that conversation that the idea for a follow-up episode to really to, to to really start looking deeper into mock recalls was born. And I feel we've really hit the jackpot with having Richard from John's Company join us here today. Okay, guys, this is what I know. I know mock recalls are important because when you prepare, you can be better, you can better ensure success for anything. Um, But what might be some other reasons to conduct a mock recall? And I know, Richard, we had talked briefly in the pre chat. You had quickly mentioned something like some retailers may require a certified one. But so, so tell me a little bit more about that and then what other reasons might it make sense to develop a mock recall plan?
2: Yeah, I think, I think when you touched on the practice, right, it's just, it's practice, practice, practice. I don't think there's, you know, a a substitute to that. Um, And you'd be surprised when you have a recall, um, you know, how, how, you know, if you, gaps can, can be evident if you haven't practiced this. Um, so, you know, I think that's the one I would say, I think I just repeat that, you know, uh, practice, practice, practice. Um, then beyond that, right. Um, there is, you know, uh, some regular, uh, some regulatory, com- uh, um, bodies that require it, not FDA per se, uh, in our industry, the FDA doesn't require it, it does require a recall plan. And, um, uh, as part of the recall plan, you know, we do say, you, you know, we conduct a mock recall, um, so that's just one way. There's some states that may require it depending on your industry that you're in in animal food, but you know we don't have any state that requires that. But they could inspect you and ask you that question. Um, another reason why you could also have that is um, some of your customers, um, you know, uh, the WalMarts, the, the, the Chewy.coms, the the Amazons, um, and Costco. Um, some some of the big brands uh, uh, retail. Uh, Brands will, you know, require that as part of their doing business with them. Uh, there's also if you have some counter um, food safety uh, quality certification. Um, typically for us, it's under GFSI. Um, so we have BRC. There's SQF. There's different schemes that people are under, and those do require uh, you to conduct a mock recall, and you know you <clears throat> not get a good grade if you don't have that completed so that's uh among the typical ones that you hear um there's also sometimes if you have recall insurance um the insurance will you know will check to see if you have conducted you know uh, both you know you have a recall plan and also mock recall and for our uh, uh, conductors so that's typically what the reasons why you have it but I think you know the the, the top one there you know talking about um I don't think there's a substitute to that.
1: That's the biggest reason.
0: Okay, so I understand, um, Richard, and this one's for you. That often um, CPG companies may hire an outside consultant to assist in this certification process. Um, what, in your experience, is the role of, of this consultant? You know, you don't, you
2: know, it's not a requirement, um, but it's one of those best practices that I have. Over the years uh, learned it's the best way to be impartial um, to give you an outside view because sometimes you can be in, <clears throat> in your own bubble and you know and you think you got it all and unless you bring somebody in and you don't have to do it uh, every single time you've a mock recall I would say you know I would recommend if you've never done a mock recall and you want to get somebody outside to do an assessment of how well first of all your recall plan and then conduct the mock recall I would say this is when you would bring in uh, an outside consultant. Um, again, it depends on how comfortable you you as an organization or as a group are. Uh, but I think there is value to being bringing somebody in who is impartial, gives you an industry best practice, um, especially if you know, you're know in a unique um, industry. But I think the same rules apply in terms of you know, the stages. Of, um, that's what I would recommend you know, if you can.
0: Yeah, I do love a good best practice here on the My Curious Colleague, Richard. Thank you for that. All right. Now for this question, and this is going to be for John, I'm thinking that some of our colleagues may not have the resources to hire a consultant or may not have the need to. Um, So let's kind of go with that scenario. Um, And again, this is for John. So it's like a, you know, let's get into the steps. So who typically owns at a high level this mock recall process John and then sort of next step in my mind is who are the points of co- of uh, contacts the POCs that would get involved
1: in the in the mock recall Sure well I mean l- luckily at our company Richard and his colleagues own the own the mock recall process which is fantastic there they're, they're uh, you know we we've had you know we've had a few so they've got the process down really really good uh, and you know they do a really good job to bring in um, as many people that would be involved in a you know in a real recall uh, in the re- in in a, in a real situation, right? So the food safety and quality team is involved, uh, the consumer affairs team is involved, um, communications and marketing are involved, right? The folks that are going to be preparing releases and working with uh, Legal counsel and outside agencies for, for press releases and all that good stuff. Um, sales and operations is involved. Um, warehousing, both uh, internal and third-party warehousing, are involved. Um, the plants, right, where the food, where the where the mock food, you know, where the the mock recall product is coming from, um, is involved. So they really do a great job of involving all of the folks that are going to be involved in a real life. Uh, recall.
0: All right. We've got the players identified. How might the team then, because it sounds like John tossed this, this ownership uh, happily over to you all for the mock recall process. So how, how might you, um, and get into the details here, kick off uh, a mock recall, Richard?
2: So it's it starts with, um, you know, the first thing you want to definitely do is get the buy-in from your organization. You want to let, the um at, at the minimum your senior leadership team um included here and that's you know that would be the first step i would say you know this is a situation we want to do uh because we need them especially because you're talking about different departments here and so they're the department heads and so you may need them to commit some time of their you know typical day um and so it's important when they hear it from a senior leadership that you know they need to spend it depends on your functional, um, that, you know, how many hours, it might be two hours, it might be four hours. So we do need that buy-in. So I think it starts with me. It's just, you know, letting the senior leadership buy into that. And and then once we have that, we pick a date um, and we, you know, we'll pick a product, uh, we'll pick a situation. It could be uh, something, you know, microbiological. We could say we have found... Um, or the FDA has tested for one of our products and they found some kind of microbiological agent like salmonella. Um, they could also have some physical contamination uh, like glass or plastic, um, and it could just be some you know allergen. Like if you you know in in, in animal food, there's not really allergen control, but you know in, in other industries, I know allergen is one of the biggest uh, drivers of. Uh, recall so you know i always tell people to pick something that you know is common to the industry or you know something in the recent news so you know picking a situation that is relevant is number one once you have done that um is then figure out okay how do you notification right uh, how, how does the incident gets notified um is it a phone call is it an email that you're going to be getting you know do they stimulate an email or a phone call and there, you want to see how well your team escalates. The, uh, first of all, it records it. Um, is your system able to pick that up and elevate it? Uh, for, so for example, for ours, we have an automatic a notification system. If one of consu- uh, John's team gets a call from the FDA, it says FDA call, and those get notif- it's logged in as an FDA notification. Those are now sent over to me, and I'll review it. Um, and or if it's urgent, you know, typically it's just behave. You know, uh, rich, we have the FDA on the line, and you know, we drop everything, and you know, we'll listen to them. So that's you know, we want to you know understand the different ways of initiation. Uh, once we have us, you know, uh, assessed the, the 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 situation, and it's something that requires uh, a recall, we will then get into um, what you know. You need to conduct a health assessment, right? You need to figure out, you know, how serious is this um, uh, issue? And th- and typically, as part of your mock recall, you do a health assessment. It's a form that you complete that goes into severity, likelihood, and you know, probability. And you go through those and just you know, making sure that you assess the situation correctly. And if you all determine that it's something that needs to be recalled we all as a team will sit down and say the decision is to recall and so you know you want to have that practice of doing that uh, because that's a very critical part of initiating a, a mock recall um, after you've been notified or you've found something in time, so um, that's the first step um of, of, is just
0: create a situation create pick a product on a date uh,
2: that you would do that
0: perfect you know when you have this sort of, you know, alleged situation that you're creating, remind me, I mean, obviously senior leadership has to know this is a mock recall and you, Richard, would know it's a mock recall. Now, does John know it's a mock recall over in Consumer Affairs?
2: Yeah, we do. We will we will notify John um, in, and the team and we'll say, you know, we'll pick a date uh, because, you know, yeah. it, it, during the pandemic, it was interesting because when we did the last one it was during the pandemic and everybody was home. And so it was. You know, we had the technology to be able to meet. So you had to notify people to be available, as opposed to in the office. I can just go and say, "Hey, listen, we must go to the conference room," and you know, yeah. start you know doing this. So, um, that is you know, um, it's important to do it that way. But um, it's yeah. It's I I think to me it's just using uh, using the technology to, to
0: to to to
2: initiate it this way is is helpful.
0: All right, Richard. So now I, I want to kind of. Go down a level lower and and take me through it. What's, what's in the mock recall plan from your vantage point versus, you know, kind of what's not in it? Because I know in a real recall, God forbid, you would have to, like, do it all. So what is that? Um, what are those points that you do uh, flesh out and work through in the mock versus a real life situation? Yeah.
2: So in a mock recall, I think, as we've said, you know, these there's typically three stages, right? We, we, we divide it into three stages. There's initiation, right? Which is what we talked about. If you have identified an issue, uh, you've done health, health hazardous assessment, you have notified the FDA because you have to notify them if, if, if there's something that you discovered. Um, and then the second stage is what we call execution, right? Now we've executed, We are saying, all right, we're now going to do a mock report. We're now going to do a recall, which is what you would also need to do the mock recall. So you need to go and figure out what's the product, where is the product? Who did you ship it to? How much? And when, right? So you need to do what you call a traceability. That's your basic traceability. But you want to go and look at, you know, your, your, your ship history of that product and which, which customers got that product and when. Um, and at the same time, when you're doing a traceability, we also, what we call a mass balance is making sure what you what the, the facility say they produced is as close to what is shipped, right? Um, and it, sometimes we look for an accuracy between 98.5 to 101. It's always some error, but you wanna be as accurate as you can. And so when you do the traceability, you know, it has to be as close as you can, so that you can identify who you want to notify, right? And if you don't do a good job of traceability, what happens is then it becomes this big communication that now you don't have control. You need to now notify more people than you typically would, uh, depending on the level of your recall. So the traceability is a big part of it. Um, Also during execution, we also do do, um, corrective actions. Uh, We want to say, we'll just take a scenario and we'll have, if it's a manufacturing facility, we will have them complete a corrective action, a preventative action uh, form, they would complete it as if it's a real event. So we can see how well they would investigate it, what's the root cause, and what the corrective actions would be placed in there. Once that is done, we've identified that. We've done a traceability, we have now identified the root cause. It's not communication, right? Now we ex- a part of execution is communication, right? So this is where um, the, the marketing team or the crisis management team would have scripts or faqs or um, um, letters that they would have to create so we take a look at that and you know one of the good practices i would say best practices you know is make sure you create letters for different scenarios so you know we've had different recalls and over the years and some of them are out there in, in, in uh, in the market that you can look at and it can be one for a microbiological incident it could be one for for foreign material incident or it can be one for chemical so you know have them create that script and see how it is responded and you know reviewed it and then what we stopped is we don't this is where you stop you you know we don't notify our customers Uh, we do not do that um, because you know it, it can sometimes be out of control i know some people who you may just call retail and say this is a practice. It's up to you if you want to do that. If you have really good relationship with your retailers or your customers, you can choose one who you trust can understand it's a mock recall. And you know, as 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 always, whenever we, as whenever we're doing a mock recall, if it's an email, it's always we mock recall test only. So we always you know ensure that that is something we do. Um, we had to do that especially when we had the. Um, uh, a remote because when we did this which is a good exercise too, because sometimes you know we're not all in the office it could be off hours you know as well always to make sure when you're sending an email that it has that um, header yeah. right that press on the mock report so the, the that's, disclaimer and there. that's what you would so so those are the things that are included what you don't include is the you know notification you know you, you know the withdrawal how do you get the product back um, post Recall assessment, things that you would typically do if you had
0: a recall. You don't really need to get that. The, um, that's where you would start. Okay, got it. All right, let me toss it over to John. I think, John, we're still in that phase two on the execution. Um, from your vantage point or your perspective, what are some of the best practices um, for the mock recall and what are the ones that you, you know, by design are not, Doing for the mock recall.
1: Um, so, I mean, some of the things that we like to think about is uh, how quickly can you turn your dedicated recall uh, hotline, you know, toll-free number on yeah. or off. Um, we don't go as far as actually turning it on, um, but we make sure that we're we're working with the proper team uh, to make sure that it gets turned on in a timely manner, and uh, the you know reviewing the process for making that happening. Um, you know. IVRs right so we wouldn't go to the level of actually recording one but we would maybe come up with a script to potentially add something to the IVR it really depends on the type of uh, recall sometimes you want to throw it in there some historically we have historically we have and it really depends on the level and type of uh, recall that you're involved in another one is uh, making sure that the 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 dedicated email that you have for recalls is functioning properly and uh, is an active email uh, yeah. That it's able to go into your queues, that you have your proper queues turned back on, so that uh, you know we have a dedicated email and we make sure that it imports into our system into a queue and it's uh, a queue that you know multiple people have access to. As a, you know, instead of my my traditional team, it may, my team may get a little bit bigger with folks that are helping out and assisting. So yeah. we make sure that all the right people have access to the queues. Um, y- we 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 think about return uh, and refund practices. Is it going to be coupon based? Is it going to be, um, you know, what's the proof of purchase requirements? Are we going to ask them to return the product to the retailer? Uh, you know, we consider those types of things. We also think about uh, the protocols for the website. Right? Do we, you know, in the past we've put depending again depending on the type of recall. Do we put a letter from the CEO, or do you put a notice to consumers where they can click a link to learn a little bit more? Uh, where do you put it on the website? Do you put it on the product page? Do you put it on the contact us page? Those are discussions that we sort of talk about. Um, and then, and then there's sort of like Richard said, right? There's the FAQ documents. Um, there's you know making sure that there's rev control for those um, news releases are they going to be posted to the website or are you just going to not post it to the website? So those are things that we, that we sort of are constantly, uh, you know, learning about as, as part, as part of, uh, um, uh, things that we're thinking about during, during the mock results from, from, from my, from our, from my end.
0: So like the lessons learned or, a.
1: yeah, so yeah, yeah. And I think hopefully we, we catch on the end, right. The, the, the post analysis, the, uh, you know, what do we do? and How can we do better? Great.
0: Um, okay. So Richard, back to you. <laughs> I think you touched on it. And um, how much time should you set aside from, you know, that start to finish of a mock recall? And then how, what is the frequency of doing one?
2: So we have, um, you know, there's two scenarios. You can do it if it's, in person and in the office um, this can be done in a day Mm -hmm. what you do is you break up the day you could have you know you you know you you schedule your day where you say the initiation team could be you know we'll first have an opening meeting we would have with the senior leadership or everybody and then you'd close it for half an hour and then you'd go to the next gym where you say all right then they would you know all right let's let's have the consumer affairs team um come in and take calls and see how that goes uh and then you have you know you go through all these different stages they don't all have to be available um i mean some people like for example me as being the coordinator would have to be through all that day so if it's in person it can be done in a day uh even sometimes less than a day now if it's remote um and again it depends on how much it was the availability and if it's just one site that's included some you know we we always typically include one of our manufacturing sites And so you want to, you know, communicate with them and see how the availability is because it's a production facility. Um, and you can sometimes break it up into two, right. You can do half one day and half another day. Um, so, you know, I think most typically a day is sufficient uh, to complete it.
0: It's less than I thought it would be. Um, but you're like pretty much the people that are involved in the mock recall are you know, you're at the, go ahead.
2: Yeah. I, I, I think, again, it starts with what I said in the beginning is, you know, if you got the commitment from senior leadership and, and the team has been, you know, prepped and they know this is something that's important, that it's critical and everybody's ready, I think that's, that's it makes it easier. And the frequency, you're doing one every... Once a year. Yeah, once a year. We're required to do once a year. Our, 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 our plan requires us to do once a year. Um it's good practice to just do a mock recall. Um and then what I would say is on a quarterly basis we have what we call recall maintenance. Um this is where you're just making sure that your documents are up to date. So, so for example, you know, you want to make sure your contact list is accurate. If somebody has left the company as that person still, who's the replacement and who's the alternative? Um the phone numbers, you know, if somebody's cell phone number is you know, do they have a cell phone number available. Uh, you know, your customers, you know, are they still the same as somebody new being added? So those kind of things you want to do, what well, I call recall maintenance, which is once a quarter. It doesn't mm-hmm. take that long. It can be done, you know, we do that as a good practice uh, to make sure that, you know, everything is accurate because what you don't want to do is, you don't want to do a traceability and you identify a customer and you go and you don't have the contact information. So you know, that can be, you know, can, can take a lot of time. And again, the more you have, at hand during a recall,
0: the better execution you can get. There. Okay, thanks for bringing us home there. We are at the end of the podcast, and um, I do like to ask my guests if they have a volunteer group they'd like to give a shout out to. Um,
2: I think the pandemic, you know, I mean, something we, we we know or hear about it, but you know, uh, the food crisis, and especially now with inflation, uh, with the, the cost of groceries and cost of food being so um high for some people um you know for me feeding america um you know the you know is 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 a volunteer group that you know i you know want to give a shout out because they do a lot behind the scenes i know a lot of what's shown during the pandemic with long lines um and also when it's you know there's no attention the the local food bank um those those folks do a lot uh, in terms of stocking collecting food so you know i would just want to just give a shout out to feeding america and also the folks who walk
0: out in local food banks. Great. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, shout out, Richard, and thank you both for joining me today on probably a very busy Saturday to uh, chat with me. You're very welcome. Thank you very much for having us,
1: I- uh, Denise. Thank you again. It's always it's always a pleasure to be on your podcast.
0: If you've learned even a kernel of an idea or was inspired by this episode. Please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple podcast. Be sure to share out the hashtag CPGCX because CPGCX really and truly rocks. You have been listening to the My Curious Colleague podcast with Denise Veneri. Thank you for your time. Many of my curious colleagues who have been following over the past few years know that I've been trying to kind of ratchet up my health and wellness habits to feel better and stronger after successful chemo. And one of those habits I'm working on is drinking more water. And this is where Liquid IV comes in. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and it's their hydration multiplier That's the one product you're missing in your daily routine. What's nice about it, it's just this one stick, and in it you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And get this, it's two times faster hydration than water alone. So you could use it first thing in the morning, maybe before a workout, or when you're feeling run down. One of the things I love most about it, is its efficiency. If anyone has seen me, I'm typically surrounded by one to two glasses of water or a big old jug of water that I sometimes forget to bring to work. And what's nice is liquid IV is efficient. And the flavor that's working for me right now is their wild berry. But there's a couple new ones that are out as well that you've got to try. Two times faster. And like I said, more efficiently than water alone. And it's three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to go ahead, treat yourself to 20% off and use code MyCuriousColleague at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today. Using promo code my curious colleague and don't forget to use, forget the, special to use the special link in my show notes.